0: You know what? Today we're gonna play the music. Three, two, one. Oh my goodness! Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Shomler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, it's episode 331. I uh, I wanted to pump you up. I'm sweating now. That, uh, that intro for me always. I feel like it gets me a little too high. I gotta calm down. Then get my my pulse back down a little bit lower. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson. He requested a trade. We'll talk about the Houston Texans. We'll do Ask Zach at the very end. We got a lot of questions from Ask Zach today. My favorite part of the show today, though, is a segment where I'm going to be predicting the future of Aaron Rodgers. I'm very excited. It'll be fun. It'll be lighthearted. It'll be... Some people will hate it, as they hate every... Every time I talk about Aaron Rodgers, some people hate it, some people love it. The reality is everybody's already made up their mind on Aaron, so... Uh, let's jump in. I got to start today with this though. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. Thank you to them. They help you run your business more effectively by putting everything all in one place. Uh, but first, we got to start with a statement. This product is not for everybody. It's not for a small business. It's not for a startup. Uh, this product is for companies that bring in one million dollars in annual revenue or more. Uh, for example, my own company, Strong Opinion Sports. We are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the size it requires to uh, really, truly enjoy NetSuite. I I couldn't use them. I'm too small. Make don't make enough money. But I know that some CEOs watch and listen to this show. Some people that own major sports franchise uh, have listened to this podcast. This product is for you. What NetSuite does, again, it puts everything all in one place. It will help you run your business more effectively uh, by putting everything all in one dashboard. Once your company matures, it will outgrow QuickBooks Uh, Because QuickBooks has limitations. You don't need to pay for multiple systems that give you information, maybe not exactly when you need it. You can get everything instantaneously. You can walk away from the old outdated programs and spreadsheets, skip the nonsense, and upgrade to NetSuite. And if you upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, what they do is they put your finances, e-commerce, inventory, supply chain, HR, everything you can imagine all in one location and uh, NetSuite wants me to tell you that you can join one of, of 24,000 other companies that use their service. But you know, if you're a person who knows what NetSuite is, or if you're in the business world, if you're the kind of person who would use NetSuite, you know they're the best. Go switch to NetSuite, upgrade to them. And if you don't believe me yet, NetSuite will and can prove it to you. Go to netsuite.com slash opinion, and you can get a free product tour, netsuite.com slash opinion. They will show you how they can benefit your business. Schedule your free product tour at NetSuite.com slash tour. Sorry, slash opinion. It says tour on my paper. NetSuite.com slash opinion is the right place to go. NetSuite.com slash opinion. Wow. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, let me drink some water real quick. You know, I think I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do the song next week. It, it pumps me up, it makes me very excited. I don't know that's the right state of mind to do the show, though. Like when I I listen to it, because I I do listen to my show occasionally to make sure it sounds good and yada, yada. And the song makes me go like, yeah, like, oh, when I'm listening to it with headphones, I feel so pumped up. However, I don't know that it's good for conducive for like good conversation. We'll find out. Let me play with it. Let me do some thinking. Uh, Let's talk about Houston first, though. The Houston Texans have hired a new head coach, David Culley. Uh, to be, he's a new head coach. They gave him a five-year contract. He had three titles this past year with the Baltimore Ravens. He was the assistant head coach. He was the passing game coordinator and he was the wide receivers coach. Uh, I thought it was a big surprise. I did not expect, and I don't think anybody expected this guy to be hired as a head coach. I didn't know he was on the market. I don't know he was out there. Kind of reminds me a lot of the Lions where the Detroit Lions are such a bad organization. They had to hire somebody that maybe nobody wanted because the reality is nobody else wanted the job and was willing to take the job. Uh, by the way, the Ravens were last in passing in the NFL. Interesting to hire. And a part of that's because of their offense. It's not People say that. It's not entirely fair. Like, you know, they were a team that heavily runs the football. But it is weird to hire the passing game coordinator from the worst passing team in the NFL to be your head coach and again, it's because it's a bad job. It's not even any criticism I have of this hire has nothing to do with David Cully, really. It's not really his fault. It's just that he's entering a terrible situation. I think even a good coaching hire would have failed. If you hired Eric Bieniemy, who I think is fantastic, I think he would have fired. He would have failed, excuse me, in Houston. Houston is awful. They're poorly run. They've got a bad owner. They've got a bad front office. They're the worst team in football. They interviewed Josh McCown to be a head coach. He's never been a coach in the NFL before, let alone a head coach of the Houston Texans. It makes no sense to me. It's very weird. Uh, I feel bad for David Cully. It feels like he's the only coach who is willing to take the opportunity. Um, I want to say the guy has no chance, but I will say this. I hope that what happens is Houston trades with the New York Jets. They give, If the Jets give Houston the number two overall pick, and then the Houston Texans can draft Justin Fields, David Cully with Baltimore's background with Justin Fields, and another first round pick or two from New York. That's the best chance they have to do anything positive in Houston and if that happens I, I will have an open mind, but I I just man I I feel bad for David Coley. Uh the owner is the real problem there. The owner is terrible Cal McNair and then Jack Easterby, the guy who's kind of a symptom of the of the owner, he's also awful. Likely this guy David Coley is going to fail in Houston, but I not all that is his fault. Whether he's a good coach or not, it doesn't matter. The situation there is terrible, and uh, honestly, I'm just glad that the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy, has been spared. Thank goodness. Uh, he's got a good spot right now in Kansas City. He's got Patrick Mahomes. He's in a good location. He's winning a lot of games. I think what he should do, Eric Bieniemy, should either wait for an amazing job opening. Maybe, maybe like maybe a team with a great quarterback comes open. Hey, take that job. Or replace Andy Reid when Andy Reid eventually does retire. So whatever, Eric Bieniemy has the upper hand. He does not need to take a bad job. This was not a good opportunity, in my opinion, for Eric Bieniemy. He's better than that, uh, and uh, I'm really glad it's David Coley and not Eric Bieniemy. I feel bad for David Coley. I think he's going to fail. But I will say again, if they trade for the number two overall pick, they draft Justin Fields. That's their best shot to win again in Houston with David Coley and with their new quarterback in Houston. Now, it's also been officially announced. Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans quarterback, has formally requested a trade. Apparently, it was a couple days ago, right after hiring the new coach, it came out. that yeah, he has actually requested to be traded. Uh, number one, I 100% support Deshaun Watson here. This is the right move. He should ask for a trade. Uh, you know, First of all, you got to realize the number one priority for Deshaun Watson needs to be and has to be himself. And his family. He shouldn't worry about a bad owner and try to take care of the bad owner. It's it's the owner's job to put Deshaun in a good situation to win. And uh, Houston is an awful, awful organization. Their owner, Cal McNair, is the biggest problem. A symptom of that problem is Jack Easterby, the guy running stuff at the front office. Both are really terrible. And uh, I, I encourage you, go read about Jack Easterby. He sounds manipulative. He sounds not good to work with. At the bare minimum, he's at least the Peter principle, meaning he got promoted way too far. And there's not a lot other things to say about this. It's Deshaun wants out. Good move. I think Deshaun's a great leader. I think Deshaun, any organization in football would be lucky to have him. I thought it was impressive how well he played, how hard he fought, and how good of decisions he made at the end of the... The Texans had a horrible year, no help around him, and he kept making good decisions, taking care of the football Putting his team in a position to be successful, the team around him, simply was awful. And, um, you know, I would love to see the Green Bay Packers trade. Hey, Aaron Rodgers wants out. Send Aaron Rodgers to Houston. Get Deshaun Watson. I love that. You know, trade for trade. Man, that's Houston gets a good quarterback and uh, the Packers get Deshaun Watson. That's fantasy. That won't ever happen. But, oh, man, I, I would love, love, love to see that happen. Uh, Now, the number one team that I think has the best likelihood to get Deshaun Watson is the New York Jets. Uh, I like that. I think it'd be fun. Robert Sala, Deshaun Watson. Probably, I'm sure they're getting Richard Sherman at some point. Uh, You could give up at the minimum. You probably got to give up more. But at minimum, this year, the Jets have the number two overall pick and the number 23 overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, If if Houston gets at least those, probably more, probably you're getting like three or four first round picks gonna trade Deshaun Watson away, which is great for Houston. And I think it's worth it for New York. Um, but if you're the Houston Texans, you get the number two overall pick, you get probably Justin Fields, another starter with a 23 overall pick, two more first round picks as the years go on. I think everybody wins. Uh, I think the thing is, if you're Houston, you gotta trade him. He doesn't want to be there. He's not gonna work with you. And so it's really unhealthy to keep a player who doesn't want to work with you under kind of under contract and kind of hostage And my favorite thing about this, really, and he'll get a lot of hate for wanting out, but people got to realize it's very rare that a quarterback really understands how valuable they are. We've seen it at the college level, players, you know, Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State to LSU, and people are much more okay with mobility in college. In the NFL, it's been very rare that a quarterback really says, hey, I'm valuable. I should go to a great franchise. I, I don't deserve to be sitting here with a terrible team. And people argue contracts all the time, but I, look, I... Once a quarterback wakes up and goes, wait a minute, I look, I, I hate this. I don't, I don't like his team. I don't like the people I'm working for. I want a better organization. I I'm I'm so glad. I hope more people do what Deshaun Watson has done to say, get me out of here. I wish Andrew Luck had done that. I wish that I wish more quarterbacks would really say, Hey, it's my job as a leader to help the people in this locker room win. And if that's not gonna happen, I'm out, but I wish Andrew Luck had said for years, get me better players. He might not have retired so early. It's, there's a culture here that quarterbacks can't be audacious and stand up and say, hey, I want better. That's awful. And that's stupid. And so I'm glad Deshaun Watson's trying to get out. That's the right thing. And I hope we see more of this in the NFL from quarterbacks moving forward. Let's shift gears real quick. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Let me check my audio real quick. A little bit loud. It's like blowing my eardrums out. I have it very loud in my ear. <laughs> not not fun for me. Um we've reached Super Bowl fifty-five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh the story to me, pretty obviously, is Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. Oh my goodness. And I it's it's a matchup that we're so lucky to get, and I think we're gonna talk about for the next 20, 25 years. We're always gonna go. Remember that time Patrick Mahomes played Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? And I want to—I don't want to take credit for this thought. Someone pointed this out on a YouTube comment one of my videos uh, where they said, basically, this is like having Michael Jordan play LeBron James in an NBA Finals series where we are going to look back years later and go, wow, we got this amazing matchup between potentially the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. We are, years from now, we're going to debate who's greater, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady and... It's going to go back and forth, and I I think we're so lucky to say. Well, remember that one time they played head to head in the Super Bowl, and this guy won. For the sake of argument, people are going to like that that happened. It's great for ratings. It's interesting, um, and I we never got LeBron versus Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals, but we get Mahomes versus Brady. That's so cool to me. And uh, oh my gosh, I I think every time they played, I believe it's come down to one score. I, what I believe is if if one team blows out another team. Kansas city is going to blow out Tampa Bay. I don't see a, a future where Tampa Bay blows out Kansas city. And if Tampa wins, it's going to be a close hard fought win. But I think regardless, this super bowl, like every other super bowl, Tom Brady's ever been in, it's going to come down to the final play, the wire, a really tight, close game. And you got to say like who, I, I can't think of two players in the entire NFL that I would rather have as my quarterback than Peyton, uh, sorry, than, <laughs> than Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes at the end of a game. So, um, it's amazing that like, cause normally I'd go, well, you're playing Patrick Holmes at the end of the game, he's going to win. But then I go, what you're playing also Tom Brady. And at the end of the game, who do you trust more? Tom Brady or Patrick Holmes? I have no idea. And it's going to be really fun to find out this coming weekend or sorry, two weeks from now, February 7th, I believe is the date of Super Bowl 55. It's going to be very, very, very fun. Um, let me give you one. I'm going to take some drinks and water real quick. I want to shift gears to Aaron Rodgers. <sighs> um, I get called an Aaron Rodgers hater all the time, and I I really disagree with that. I don't think I am an Aaron Rodgers hater. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, first of all, I do the SOS Awards for the NFL. So we do the NFL S Awards uh, probably in February after the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to win my NFL Player of the Year Award, so... You can call me an Aaron Rodgers hater. I can recognize how amazing he is, his numbers, the accomplishments he's had. Uh, I think Aaron is an amazing player. I think he's maybe, he's at least in the conversation for the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, ever. He, he does amazing stuff throwing the football. Aaron's a, a, an amazing, amazing player, and I don't want that forgotten. I think people need to understand I, my perspective on Aaron is wow, he's incredibly talented. He's got us, given us incredible entertainment. Now, I, I do critique Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think having a critique of somebody makes them a hater. I, I don't think I'm a hater. I can recognize his greatness, but I can also recognize the bad stuff Aaron Rodgers does. He's both good and bad. Like I think almost everybody has. I can't think of a single person in the entire world that has nothing you could critique. Everybody's got good and bad, and um, I think Aaron's got bad, and I, I point it out. Now, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is not a good enough leader. He does not meet the standard that I would want my franchise quarterback to meet and the way I would want my franchise quarterback to act. Aaron does not meet my standard. I'm sorry. Uh, he His comments repeatedly and regularly have created division and drama where people are going, I, I don't know. and there, he, he creates doubt and division within his own team. That's weird. I don't like that. You don't see Tom Brady doing that. You don't see Patrick Mahomes doing that. You don't see... Most people don't do that. And Aaron does not take accountability ever. He loves to blame other people. I can't find a clip of Aaron going, yeah, that's my bad. That that was a bad throw or a bad decision. And he always deflects blame and finds ways to blame other people. Even in the, the press conference last week after the NFC championship game, he made it very clear. That's not my decision. He blamed it on his head coach. He could have said, I love my coach. I, I, he, could have, he could have doubled down and said, I love my coach. He's awesome. And defended the guy or supported the guy. Instead... Aaron wanted everybody, he wanted it very clear, I didn't make that decision. Okay. Oh, I I remember a couple weeks ago, Lamar Jackson on fourth and two refused to leave the field. If you really wanted to go for it on fourth and goal from the eight-yard line at the end of the game, you could have done it, but you didn't. And I have seen USC's quarterback, Keaton Slovis, take responsibility for an interception that bounced off his receiver's hands, where that's not Keaton Slovis' fault, but because Keaton Slovis... USC starting quarterback, a guy in college, by the way, younger than me, is eager to take responsibility, and the last thing Keaton Solves wants to do is throw one of his teammates under the bus. I ask you, how can a young quarterback in college take extreme ownership when Aaron Rodgers can't even do that? I, it baffles me to no end. I think part of being a quarterback is taking responsibility, not just for the good stuff that happens, but also some of the bad stuff, I, and nobody ever challenges Aaron Rodgers on that ever. Now I want to share my prediction for what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Here's what's going to happen. Are you ready? Here's what will happen with Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to leave Green Bay. No way. Aaron's a whiner. Aaron is not going to leave Green Bay because he doesn't have the guts or courage to take responsibility and go somewhere else. He's afraid of failure. He doesn't like taking risks. Watch the way he he, he hates throwing interceptions. And he, I, Tom Brady's again kind of guy, Tom will throw seven interceptions in a game. As long as he wins, he's happy. If Aaron throws two, two interceptions in a game, he falls apart. We saw that earlier in the year when Tampa Bay played Green Bay. Aaron threw two early interceptions, kind of just looked like he wanted to go home. He's always blaming other people. Aaron is always finding ways to deflect blame and point fingers at other people for their failures. Oh, and by the way, Aaron's going to keep complaining. He's going to stay in Green Bay next year. He will complain left and right. You'll see little comments throughout the year. People go, that's a weird thing to say. It's not going to stop. And he's not, by the way, going to win an NFC championship game next year. But mark my words, Aaron Rodgers, come week one, the 2021 season, he will still be in Green Bay. He's got one more year in Green Bay, then he's out. But I I am telling you, a trade's not going to happen. But the Packers don't want him long term. There's a reason why Green Bay drafted another quarterback, Jordan Love. They realized, hey, you know, Matt LaFleur got one year as a head coach of the Green Bay Packers working with Aaron Rodgers, and he realized, oh, no, I better get some kind of I need a lifeboat. I need a I need skate pod to get out of here because at some point it's not going to work with Aaron. The reason why the Packers drafted Jordan Love is not about age. It's not because Aaron Rodgers is too old or playing badly. It's because he's hard to work with. They don't want to work with him long term. They're going to wait till Jordan Love is ready, then pull the trigger, get rid of Aaron. Here's what Aaron wants. Aaron Rodgers wants the Packers to come begging, saying, Aaron, please stay. We want you. Please don't leave us. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be pursued. He wants people to tell him he's great. We need you. You better stay. That's what he wants. That, he's not going to leave. Now, Aaron does not like being critiqued or people call it criticism. I call it critique. I think it's a much kinder way to put it. Uh, Good leaders have no problem with critique. They're not insecure. They're always evaluating themselves. Aaron, for some reason, hates criticism. He hates anytime you point out anything negative about him. He hates that very, very much. And I want to warn people, stay away from Aaron Rodgers. If you're the San Francisco 49ers or uh, the Jets or some team out there, that's like, oh, we'll take Aaron Oh, good luck with that. Aaron's hard to work with. Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan running the offense. I think Aaron's going to have a bone to pick. He's going to have stuff. He's going to have his own opinions. And he's going to disagree. And he's going to fight back and argue with the coach. That's what happens every single time Aaron has a coach. At this point, you're crazy to deny that. And the Packers, by the way, are great. So if Aaron goes to another team, he's going to be unhappy still. No matter where Aaron goes, pick any franchise. 49ers. Uh, What's another team needs a quarterback? I'm trying to think. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, like no matter where Aaron goes to be quarterback next, he's going to be unhappy. He's going to find himself still frustrated because I I think he can't appreciate what's in front of him. The Packers are great. They've got a really good head coach. You can find Matt LaFleur's win loss record. And people say, well, it's all in Aaron Rodgers. Well, the Packers were terrible before Matt LaFleur got there. Then since Matt LaFleur, they've gotten to two NFC championship games in a row. Matt LaFleur can coach. You can argue about the decision at the end of the game, but Matt LaFleur is a good coach. He had a good defense. You had they picked off Tom Brady three times last week, and he got a top three receiver, Devontae Adams. So stop telling me the Packers are terrible. So go ahead. Aaron can leave. Oh, yeah, by the way, in, in Green Bay, there's no owner. There's a small media market that Aaron can dominate. They never challenge him. They're afraid. The media market in Green Bay is afraid to push his buttons or challenge him. They're afraid they'll get... Uh, what's the word when you, like the silent treatment or ignored. And just imagine Aaron Rodgers, who to some degree kind of reminds me of Kevin Durant, who can't handle criticism. Imagine that guy in New York. Aaron would get eaten alive in the New York City market. He couldn't handle it. And then people say, people tell me this all the time. They say, you better watch Pat McAfee's conversations with Aaron Rodgers on that show. Because in interviews and in the conversation on the show, Aaron Rodgers seems great, and he does. I, I watch the interviews; I've seen him. There, they Aaron presents himself awesomely. Because of course it's great. He, he's in a very safe environment. Anybody can sound great in a setting where you're being interviewed a bunch of fluffball questions by your friend. Like he's never asked or never never challenged. He's never has to answer any real questions. And this is not, I don't want to start a feud with Pat McAfee. I respect Pat McAfee a lot. We follow each other on Instagram. I respect him. I think he's a great entertainer. His show is well done. I mean, I, he's got way more listeners than I do. I have no problem saying that. But I, of course, Aaron seems great on that show. It's, it's fluff. He's never, ever asked a real question. He never has to answer anything. He's just, ah, it's, it's hanging out. It's not an interview, by the way. It's a conversation between two friends. And that's, and that's fine. But stop acting like Aaron Rodgers' conversations with Pat McAfee totally encapsulate who he is as a person. Anybody can sound good and entertaining and interesting in that setting. Now, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. I got no problem with that. I know that. Everybody's already chosen a side on Aaron Rodgers. 95% of people are just here cuz they want confirmation of what they believe. They if they hate Aaron Rodgers, they're excited. If they love Aaron Rodgers, they're pissed off. Like people just look for content often to find confirmation of what they already believe. So, I know that. I'm not changing anybody's mind. I wish I would. I wish people had more open minds. Some people do. Most people just want confirmation. Um, But I will say, nobody ever, ever holds Aaron Rodgers accountable. (laughs) I don't understand. If you're really a Packers fan, wouldn't you want the absolute best from your quarterback that you're paying a ton of money to? Aaron is the hero. When they win, Aaron is the hero. He gets all the credit. But anytime the Packers lose a game, you notice that fingers get pointed at everything other than Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm just saying, I, it's years now. Every year, it's like you keep, It's like Packers fans take the finish line. They're like, oh, now it's over here. They just keep moving the finish line everywhere. Like, it's our defense. It's our receivers. It's our coach. It's always everything but Aaron Rodgers' fault. Uh, just say they picked off Tom Brady three times last week and the Packers lost and Aaron had multiple opportunities to make plays at the end of that game and he didn't he was terrible in the red zone he was terrible after interceptions didn't make it happen and my friend Caleb made a point to me he pointed out that when people talk positively about Aaron Rodgers what they're praising every time is his numbers and his statistics oh completion percentage. Oh, passing yards. And it's amazing. Like, again, Aaron, incredibly talented. But you notice that when you talk about Tom Brady, it's more than just numbers and statistics. It's moments. It's Super Bowl comebacks. It's victories in the Super Bowl. It's his battles with Peyton Manning. It's chemistry with his teammates. When we talk about Tom Brady, it's a different conversation. It's not just going, look at his touchdowns. Look at his passing yards. Oh, It's about, wow, look at these moments where we've been enamored with how great Tom Brady is. And then watch the demeanor of Tom Brady compared to Aaron Rodgers. Tom is 43 years old. He's 21 years in, and he's having the time of his life. I I hope that when I am 21 years into my career, I still have the excitement, the vigor, and the energy of Tom Brady. I hope I'm having the time of my life doing this show. The lighting will be even better. I got a bigger studio. Like, I hope we grow. But man, I hope I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. The way Tom Brady still enjoys what he does. Look at Aaron. Aaron looks angry. And sullen. And cold. And body language matters. And the last thing I want to say. Because I, I did a video. I, I have another a channel. Uh, where I talk. I do a podcast called Flawed Humans. With my girlfriend. We were talking about arguments and disagreements now. It's important. It's better to yell at somebody than to just do a death stare. And I was talking about this because Tom Brady yells at his teammates. He says, like, come on, man, you got it. He's like, come on. You need to catch that ball. But it's it's better to yell at somebody and get it out and say, dude, I love you, but you got to be better. Than what Aaron Rodgers often does to his teammates, which is just stare at them. He, he mean mugs his teammates when they drop a pass or, or he ignores them. He won't throw them the football. Like it's It's crazy to me. The way Aaron Rodgers behaves and nobody, nobody in Green Bay calls it out or points it out. I it continue. It will always baffle me the way that people treat Aaron Rodgers with a complete pass. He's given a God status, but he doesn't deliver like a God. And I, I am, I'm so, so tired. And I, I know it's my second segment in a row, but I'm telling you, Aaron's not going to leave Green Bay. He's too much of a whiner. He's not, doesn't have the accountability to leave Green Bay. And what would happen? He's so afraid of failure. What if the mighty Aaron Rodgers went to San Francisco and didn't work? I don't think he has the guts to find out. I don't think he has the guts that Tom Brady did to leave where you're comfortable. Aaron's comfortable. He's not going to leave Green Bay. And I I just come find me in September next year when the season starts in 2021 Talk to me then. Aaron's not going to leave Green Bay. And again, I, I don't think he has the guts to make that happen. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. When I do, uh, we'll talk about Ask Zach. I'm very excited. I talk about. We're going to do Ask Zach, my favorite segment. Uh, my name is Zach Schellmer. We're going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Hope you're doing very, very well. I uh, was listening to a podcast earlier today gave me a reminder called The Finding Duke, a podcast I really like about Xbox. And uh, I was reminded, I need to start asking you guys to rate the show on iTunes. I keep forgetting to. If you're listening right now, please take a moment, rate the show on iTunes. It really helps the show grow. I'm trying to grow. Our listens aren't as high as I'd like them to be. Uh, I think we're a lot bigger on YouTube. So please uh, go help me grow by rating the show on iTunes. Give it a, a star rating. Give it a review if you want to. But the rating really, really is important. And it helps the show get more traffic and more people watching and listening. Now, it's time for Ask Zach, my favorite part of the show. It's where we answer, where I answer. No, there's no we. It's me alone in this room. It's where I answer questions from the audience. You go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Shomler. You give a dollar a month. Uh, you can give more if you want to. Please do. It literally helps pay my rent. But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, if you, if you submit a question, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is I do look at every single question with my eyeballs and I pick the top couple to read on the show. And uh, yeah, let's jump in. The first question of the day is from Allie. Allie writes and says, Hi, Zach. First off, I'm wondering what you think the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career holds. He is he could play for 15 more years if he wants to, which is pretty scary to the rest of the NFL. Will there be a Chiefs dynasty? Will he retire early because there's nothing left to accomplish? What are your predictions? Finally, I have a fun fact for you. Giles uh, Perellin, uh, Perellin? Perian, we'll say, a USC alumnus that's in California, so maybe it's a Spanish name, Perellin, attended 797 consecutive USC Trojans football games. To so put that into perspective, he attended games from 1925 to 1998. Can you imagine the difference of style of play in the 20s and 30s compared to the 80s and 90s? That's amazing. Didn't know that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, his career. First of all, I would be absolutely astounded if at the end of his career, we weren't talking about him as, at the minimum, the potentially greatest of all time. It's going to be him or Tom Brady 15, 20 years from now, whenever his career is over. And uh, yeah, I I think we are in a... We have an opportunity to see a Chiefs dynasty happen. What's even crazier is they've kept the band together as far as coaches. Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, appears to have... No desire to want to leave Kansas City. That's great. He failed as a head coach. And I think also he, rec- he can recognize, I got a good thing. I'm not going to screw it up. I like winning Super Bowls. I like having a great quarterback. It makes my defense better. And then Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, who keeps being in the running for head coaching jobs and keeps not getting jobs, despite being probably the best candidate out there because he keeps going to the Super Bowl. Teams want a coach sooner than that to get impatient. Eric Bieniemy doesn't get hired. Plus, also, Eric Bieniemy has been canceling interviews, and he's been prioritizing football, which... I got to say, if you're, a, if you're a person as a coach, your job is to coach now, not worry about your next opportunity. The fact that coach, if you're an NFL team and you can't respect the fact that Eric Bieniemy is busy coaching, it's kind of weird. And I, if I'm a team out there, it seems like we should be like, hey, we'll pause everything. We want you. We'll wait for you until you're done. Uh, but they're also teams are afraid that if they don't get Eric Bieniemy, then they waited for no reason. So I get it. But, man, what could really happen is if Andy Reid does retire. We could have Eric Biannimi step into his place and continue that dynasty. So absolutely, we could have a dynasty coming up in Kansas City. Now, the next question kind of ties into it, so I want to read it. Dylan says, hey, Zach, Dylan writing in, I love the show and everything you're doing with the podcast. You clearly have a deep passion for your craft and admire you for your persistence and hard work. I know you love a good story within sports, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Villains and heroes within the sport, players such as Tom Brady or coaches such as Bill Belichick have always been seen as the villain or antagonist. And now that they've been split up, that storyline is fading away. What are your thoughts on this, and who do you think will be the new villain or new hero within the NFL? Thanks for reading With Your Eyeballs, Dylan. So, Tom Brady still is seen as a villain because people, he keeps winning and people hate seeing him in the Super Bowl. For some reason, people hate seeing people win and succeed. And the way a villain is created in sports is when you succeed enough that people get jealous or they're like, the argument is, we're tired of seeing you, but it makes no sense to me. People hate LeBron. People hate Tom Brady. People hate hate success. And the reality is that the more Patrick Mahomes keeps winning and being successful and playing at a high level, the more he will be hated. Because at some point, people get sick of you. He's new and fun now. If he's still playing the same he is five years from now, People are gonna get really tired. Like, oh, we see, people already You already hear some of it. People say yeah, we see him everywhere. We're tired of it. And you see Trevor Lawrence everywhere. People hate see, hated seeing Trevor Lawrence everywhere. If you win and you're really successful, a lot of people also will hate you. That's just how it. You get more exposure, and some of those people that are exposed to you hate you and are tired of you. And I think maybe it, it's possible Mahomes gets hated on a little bit less because, I think this is a not a cheap shot, but he's I think he's less attractive than Tom Brady. So there's less jealousy. They're like, ah, he's, he's also a model. And I think the other thing is Patrick Mahomes, quite frankly, I would say is more fun to watch. So Tom Brady was boring and controlled the football, and they kind of won on technicalities, like they outsmarted you. Patrick Mahomes doesn't just outsmart you. He beats you in a very entertaining, fun way. So it's possible he's less hated than Tom Brady. But at some point, he's going to be hated too. It's what happens when you dominate at a high level. Everybody who does that gets hated at some point. So whether it's LeBron or... Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, like everybody hates people that are successful. And the more Patrick Mahomes wins, the more successful he will be. Who are the heroes? People have a a good story. they like a new person. So Josh Allen's a hero. Lamar Jackson's a hero. Uh, If you don't win too much and you're just fun and new and you win sometimes, you're a hero. And then if you win too much, you become a villain. Aaron Rodgers is seen as a hero. If Aaron Rodgers dominated the NFL for the last 10 years uh, and, and won like, you know, went to 10 Super Bowls, he'd be a villain too. So um, that's how it works. The next question is from Jeremy. Jeremy writes and says, Hey, Zach, even though the NFL playoffs are in full effect right now, I want to shift gears to something non-sports related. So I think I can recall you considering La La Land, one of your favorite movies of all time. After years of having it on my watch list, I finally come to watch it. And I got to say, I 100% get you. I loved every second of it and would rate it to a perfect 10 out of 10. Ironically, I watched it right after having one of my worst all-time movie-watching experiences, which was dragging myself through the lazily-written, unfunny, stinking pile of nothingness that is Grown Ups 2. It's hard for me to put into words just how much hatred I feel towards this abomination of a movie. It hardly even deserves to be called one. But to be honest, letting letting some steam off on it and giving a little rant doesn't feel bad at all. So here's my question. Are there any movies you hate with a passion or love to rant about? I know you're not much of a rant guy, but sometimes I feel that pointing out the bad and the awful can enhance one's ability to truly appreciate the good and the great. As always, I appreciate you for looking at this with your eyeballs. Grubas, Deutschen von Jeremy. I think that's some I, – I apologize. I don't speak that language, but uh, I'm, I'm a dumb American. I do my best. <laughs> um, so there's two movies I hate. With So first of all, La La Land. Dude, if you're a person with a dream, like if you want to make a sports podcast or you want to be a musician or an athlete, no matter if you're a person with a dream, watch Lala Man. It made me cry. I cry pretty much every time I watch it. It's amazing. I love it so much. Um, so I, I got it. First of all, I got a lot to say here. I'm starting a movie podcast in the next about in the next month, and I've been working on it behind the scenes. Recording starts next week. I'm going to record four then have a backlog so I can just put them out once a week and already I not have to the pressure of. Putting it out right after I record it, um, I'm excited for that. It's going to be really good, and so with that comes I'm doing another. I, I've I've got three channels at some point. When one of those channels, on one of those channels, my personal channel, I'm probably going to make a video about Phantom Menace, my least favorite movie of all time. I absolutely hate Phantom Menace because it's got bad writing and bad direction, and oh my gosh! And I, I my dream, like if I got if I was a make a wish kid and got one dream. Or like a genie said, Hey, Zach, you get one thing. My dream would be to remake and rewrite Star Wars, the 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 prequels. I think I could do it way better. I could make Anakin a better character that you care about, and then you're upset when he changes, and you but you understand it. I got a whole theory behind it. I got a whole storyline. I literally have, I've written treatments for this movie. Like it's crazy how much I have done for my idea of Star Wars. So hey Phantom Menace, but I'm not gonna talk about that here. There's a movie I really want to. Uh, my my show is going to be diving into one movie per episode. And you talk for like two hours about each movie, diving into it with my friends and talking about it. Uh, I want to watch Cats at some point. Cats looks terrible. I want to understand what's it about, what's it like. But there's a movie I really, really hate that is really fun to dive into. It's called Seventh Son. It's a fantasy setting. It's got a really good cast and it's got horribly written dialogue and story progression. It makes no sense. The story, the writing's terrible, and I, I want to, at some point, talk about Seventh Son. It's got the guy from Game of Thrones. It's got Alicia Vikander who plays uh Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. Seventh Son, the movie. Oh, my goodness. It's a movie I really, really want to dive into and uh, talk some smack about it at some point. It'd be really fun. It's, uh, it's, it's also – it's not just like well, – I was watching Ratatouille last night, and uh, – The 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 ratatouille is about a a critic liking a a a critic versus a restaurant basically, and a rat makes a food, but that's pointless uh, to this conversation. The critic made a point. He said that sometimes the worst restaurant I go to, the worst food I eat, is the most profitable and the most entertaining because it's fun to talk about bad stuff. I I love diving into like a bad quarterback or a good or a quarterback we're not sure about, Kirk Cousins, or uh, to a tongue of like a quarterback we're like I don't know. That's way more fascinating to me than talking about Patrick Mahomes, who's pretty clearly and obviously amazing. So a movie like Seven Sun diving in going, why did this go wrong? Like analyzing what went wrong, why it's bad, why it didn't work. Like I love understanding why and analyzing stuff like that. So there really is something to talking about things that are bad and things that are not very good. Like There is something to that where it works really, really well. Now, Raphael writes in. He says, hey, Zach, Raphael is writing in from Switzerland. Raphael is writing in, I don't know. I think I, I think I tried to rewrite it, but it says Raphael writing it from Switzerland. First of all, I wanted to tell you that SOS is one of my favorite podcasts and I've been listening to you for a long time. You are my number one source for anything about football. The podcast gets better and better every episode and your hard work really shows. Thank you, Raphael. So my question, quite a while ago, you mentioned apart from F1 and football, you aren't really interested in other sports, specifically mentioning soccer in your explanation. That got me thinking because here in Europe, it is especially the opposite. People love soccer and don't really get into, quote, American football very much. A lot of people talk I talk to explain to me that in their eyes, American football is very static most of the time. Plus, it is hard to grasp, whereas soccer is dynamic and there's always something going on without many intermissions. So my question is, why is it that in your eyes, American football is more attractive than soccer? So first of all, I think just because a sport is complex doesn't make it worse. Or, you know, I think it's actually if you... Just because something's easy to understand doesn't make it inherently better. It makes it inherently more accessible. So it's, you, you're trying to kick it into the goal. Like that's – you kick the ball around. Tries Soccer is way more simple. So anybody can go get drunk and yell at a game. I get why it's very accessible. People like it. Uh, and I actually – I agree with the static criticism. However, I wouldn't change a single thing about football. Um, my favorite part of football is the strategy. And, and during the static parts where it's not, nothing's happening in football – there's actually a lot happening. It's coaches having – You're if you're watching the game, you go like, oh, they're just milling around, getting ready for the next play. I get why that feels boring. But during that moment between plays when it feels like nothing's happening, in the press box or on the sideline, a lot of conversations are happening. A lot of strategies going on. They're trying to game plan and figure out what to call next, what play to call next, what what angle to take. And that is the part of football I really, really love. Um I'm sure soccer has some kind of strategy. I don't, I know nothing about soccer. Like I, I don't, I know the rules generally, basically, but I, and I'm sure there is strategy because every sport has some kind of strategy. Uh, I've never played soccer. Now, the low scoring in soccer drives me nuts. The, uh, the tie games are crazy. Now, uh, Premier League soccer, World Cup soccer, it's really good. I, I want, my friend Brandon lives in Texas. I go, he's a big soccer fan, played soccer in college. Like when I watch soccer with him, it's fun because I learn about it. And we only watch highbrow, really great soccer, like an mls soccer game is just not that you you can tell it's not that good uh the the quality of talent isn't there uh now in like i live in the portland area the portland timbers people love to go and yell and get drunk like i get it but um soccer just i just because it's simpler doesn't make it better and i i i think there's i I'm, in fact i'm sure there's a lot less strategy in soccer than in uh football football is one of the most strategic sports in the planet, it's there's nothing like soccer or so. There's nothing like football, excuse American football. Basketball is a lot more physical uh, and a lot less. strategy. You call plays and sets, but it's not quite the same as the level of detail and preparation goes into a football game. If you have a week to prepare versus a couple days, it really changes how much uh, analyzation goes into every single game. So that's why I love football. I love the preparation and the mental side of the game. Carter writes in and says, Okay, I'm someone who has believed Brady is at the end of the road all year. However, this is a game Tom can win, talking about the Super Bowl. He's not the strongest or the most accurate quarterback in history, but he's the greatest decision-maker ever to play quarterback in the NFL, and decision-making is the skill needed to beat Kansas City. With the elite receivers around him, all he has to do is make the right decisions, which he can do. I would guess that we get a close game, and I wouldn't be confident calling either way. I think you should go with your gut on this one, Zach. Why should Kansas City be considered unbeatable? When Tampa is so talented all around, so if any team can beat Kansas City, it is Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Like they just, I expect a very close game. I think the most fun part about it is both teams are going to get an opportunity late in the game, and I can't think of two quarterbacks in the NFL more that I would rather have with the ball at the end of the game. Normally, when when any team plays Kansas City, I go well. The problem is, I wouldn't want to give. You're going to have. If it's a close game, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes with the ball at the end of the game. That's terrifying. And I'd say the same about Tom Brady. i go like, well, the other team has no chance because you're playing Tom Brady. If Tom Brady has the ball at the end of the game, you're screwed. In this game, you have the two best people in the NFL at the end of a game, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be incredibly fun. And uh, I just, I'm excited to see what happens. It's going to be wild and exciting and really, really cool. And uh, Tampa has a chance, man. They... The way they're rolling in the playoffs, the, the belief they have in each other, the brotherhood they've built, the the mission they're on. Uh, Kansas City should be the favorite, but Tampa Bay absolutely has an opportunity uh, to win in the Super Bowl. The next question, I'm going to read them both back-to-back because they kind of tie into each other. Landon writes in and says, which of the four elements from Avatar would you want to bend and why? Earth, wind, fire, and water. And then Josh replied to that on Patreon and said, piggybacking off this, which element would be the most helpful and to sneakily give you an advantage in football, so the most, the best in football would be airbending because you can't earth bend or water bend or fire bend on a football field. But what you could do is use the air to field defenders around you and make a miss and juke people out. Uh, so that, or you know, to jump a little bit higher than normal to catch a pass, kind of thing. Uh, I would if, if there was an if I could have one element at my disposal, I'd want to ha- be an airbender because I want to fly. I, I would give anything in the world. just be able to fly like I I I would be so happy I I wish I could fly like Superman or any I I want to be up above on my own accord flying above the world uh the reality is I probably don't have the patience to be an airbender if you watch Avatar you know it requires a lot of patience and peace and quiet and I'm too brute force uh so I'd probably end up being like an earthbender who's like pounding on the walls and I'd be cool I'd build myself a house I'd be happy so um but uh yeah you're right uh, I think, I think, uh, air is the best for football. Sterling writes and says, Zach, do you watch a lot or any football with your girlfriend? My girlfriend does not, unless it's the Broncos because she was raised in Denver. How do you connect with a girlfriend through sports and what are some ways you try to make it more interesting? Uh, my girlfriend doesn't care about football at all. as she tries, like she gets what's going on because she's with me and I talk about football all the time. And I actually she sends me statistics sometimes and fun little factoids and, um, she sent me that Tom Brady stat about how Tom Brady is more likely to do a Super Bowl And Steph Curry is to hit a three pointer that came from her last week. Uh, and she's really good at understanding people. And that's a lot of sports is just human interaction and people skills and people. So she really contributes to the show in a lot of ways. Um, but she's not into sports. And I actually really like that because it, when I'm not working, I don't want it. Like the moments I'm not working, I want to be away from work. And so when I'm with her, it's not about sports now. The way she watches football with me, she plays her Nintendo Switch, so we'll be on the couch. I'm watching football. She's on her Switch playing like Mario versus Raving Rabbits or whatever, and um, that's how she gets to be near me, and we get to be together, but she's doing what entertains her, and I'm doing what entertains me and working on my show, so uh, yeah, that's how we watch football together. She plays on her Nintendo Switch, and I watch football on the TV. And now the next question is from, ooh, Joshua's got a good one. Joshua says, I know the F1 intro, intro music is one of your favorite sports themes. So I'm curious which of the NFL themes is your most favorite. There's the classic Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football on NBC, the CBS one, the Fox one. Um, the Sunday NFL is my favorite. dun 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 Like NBC's Sunday Night Football. Oh my gosh. That, that music with... Al Michaels' voice and Chris Collinsworth like I it's my favorite. And and I know now I hope i sang the right one that's actually it, it, how funny it would be if that's like Fox, but I know it's not Fox. Fox is like da 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 da. Um but I I don't know. I just uh I I really uh I, I love Sunday night football's music. It's it's phenomenal. The NBC music well done for football. Uh Trent says Mr. Shamler what is your guilty pleasure TV series you watched or are watching? I heard you mention Outer Banks on one of your podcasts, which some might be guilty about. I thought it was great. Also, being a fan of quarterbacks, how exciting is it to see clean, smart backup quarterbacks play in big games? You talked about Taylor Henneke now. Chad Henne played for a bit. Tyler Huntley drove down the field for the Ravens. I feel like no matter what team it is, it is so fun to watch a backup shine. Cheers, Trent. Absolutely. Uh, I love watching backup quarterbacks play well and exceeding the expectation. Now, my guilty pleasure show. So, first of all, what I, my comfort food show is I watch The Expanse on Amazon. It's a space show. I love it so much. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's better than Star Trek, actually. Star Trek actually lost me, uh, and uh, I, I stopped watching or caring. But The Expanse is my favorite show on TV. Now, my guilty pleasure show, the show I probably feel guilty about watching and a little bit embarrassed about how much I love it. Oh boy, uh, I love The Bachelor and <laughs> I love The Bachelorette. I love the drama. I love, now there are parts where it's overproduced or annoying, uh, but man, the, that TV series, The Bachelor The Bachelorette, love my, my girlfriend introduced me to them this year. I, I got, I, it's it's phenomenal television. I'm sorry, it's great. They're arguing and yelling <laughs> in the drama. Like, ah, oh, it's, it's wonderful TV. And uh, I, uh, like this lady Victoria on The Bachelor right now, is a nightmare but it's fun to watch like it's it's trashy and fun and i don't mind it the bachelor is my guilty pleasure show that i like and i feel guilty about zach writes in and says hey zach big fan and really appreciate all the hard work you put in for every show with the recent news that pac-12 commissioner larry scott is out after june what do you think a new commissioner needs to do to return the conference to national relevance clearly as of now in sports that matter uh that Matter. It's clear fifth out of fifth, and I was wondering if you had any opinions on how to make it better. How to make the Pac 12 better? Uh, I mean, part of it, frankly, is that they're in conferences that they're in states that don't like California, doesn't care about football. Alabama cares about football, and legislation backs it up. I mean, the 49ers had to play games in Arizona because Santa Clara wouldn't let them play. That would never, ever happen in Alabama, Florida, Georgia. They care more. Everybody in the South cares more about, sorry, everybody in Georgia alone, everybody in Alabama alone cares more about football than Oregon, Washington, the whole West Coast combined. It's it's just that's a problem. I, I think the Pac-12 is always going to be doomed because of that. Now, the one thing I would do, the reason why I picked this question really is because I think they got to move their headquarters from. They got their headquarters in downtown San Francisco. The Pac-12 does. I've been there. It's a pretty building. It's really pompous and ridiculous. It's way too big. It's the overheads insane. Uh, it's a horrible place to live and work the employees don't like it they don't make enough money to live there happily um the PAC 12 needs to move their headquarters to Salt Lake City in my opinion Salt Lake City you got a team there the Utah Utes you got it's way cheaper it's got uh in Utah you have ridiculously good internet uh the NSA is there they don't tell you that but they are that's why the internet's so great throughout the whole state of Utah and uh, man if you if I in the pac 12 commissioner I'm saying we're moving, we're, we're picking up ship we're moving to a different building to make our costs way lower. And uh, we're operating everything out of Utah now instead of out of uh, San Francisco, California, because it's too expensive and it makes no sense. No one, it's just bad. It's hor- horribly run. And the Pac-12 has got a lot of problems. And some of that's because of geography. Some of that's because of decisions they've made. But Larry Scott, in my opinion, did a pretty bad job as the Pac-12 commissioner. And uh, he had good ideas and tried, but it, he took a lot of missteps. And he tried too big for to look good and have a great appearance rather than actually producing good stuff week to week content wise uh the last question of the day comes from tyler w tyler w tyler says hey zach's eyeballs have you ever considered hosting a live stream of any games down the road similar to what tom grassy and others do i think it'd be fun to watch together and get little insights on cool things that stick out to you while watching hoping the best for y'all so w tyler uh i'd be all right if i did it'd it be fun be cool um i don't really want to do it though i i like my piece i like taking notes and having food and uh, i don't really want to work like i I already work so much i don't want to work also on watching football it's kind of my moment to relax and actually enjoy the game uh what i would do i would love to be a broadcaster like an official tv or radio broadcaster i've done that job before i think i'm a pretty good color analyst i I, pretty good i think I i think i'm effing great at my job there uh, I give me a play-by-play co-host and let me do color commentary. I think I'm phenomenal at that. I like it. I would do it for any network that wants me happily. Uh, but other than that, man, I, I don't want to do streaming on my own. That sounds like a lot of work, not very fun. Uh, and I, I don't. I, I like watching games in my introverted style in my sweatpants with, uh, uh, you know, good food and my notes and just having a good relaxed time. I don't really want to try to do it on camera that I already I'm on camera so much. I don't want to add more to my life doing that way. But hey, maybe we'll reevaluate in five years from now. We'll see. But I that's not my thing. I don't want to do that. I'm happy people do it. I'm happy people like it. I don't really get it. It's not my I wouldn't want to do that. So I just uh, I'm good. But I I appreciate the thought. It's nice of you and um, pretty cool. So guys, that's all I have. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm about to record another podcast with my girlfriend called. Uh, the crumb tail, which is uh, all that food, which will be fun. So uh, we're going to eat Chick-fil-A and talk about the food on the podcast. My name is Zach Shomler. I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day. Ba-dum-bum. Bam, we are...